Well, in the face of uh, the corona pandemic, I would venture to say that pure hearts are sanitized hearts. Sanitized against sin, the deadly and highly infectious disease of the human heart. Good morning. I would like to welcome you to our continuing study uh, and meditation on the Sermon on the Mount as it is recorded in the book of Matthew. And uh, today we are continuing to, to look at the Beatitudes. And our Beatitude this morning is to be found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. We are with Jesus in the school of pure hearts. Let us pray. Dear loving Father, we come before your holy presence as sinners who have been forgiven by grace through faith. Apart from your grace, Lord, none of us would ever see you face to face. <clears throat> We thank you, our Lord Jesus Christ, who loved us and died for us. And by his blood, our sins have been washed away. Help us, Lord, to understand what he is teaching us this morning. Help us, Lord, to, be, to hunger and thirst for your righteousness. To desire to be holy as he is holy. And to live daily. And to walk side by side with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So our reading is Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. And it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Well, let me start by observing that the promise or even the prospect of seeing God face to face is at the heart of all religious systems, all religious beliefs and religious practices. This human endeavor to see God began at the Garden of Eden following Adam's fall from grace and his separation from God. Since then, man has devised various methods in his attempt to approach God. Animal sacrifice and purif purification by the blood of those dead animals is one such method. Building temples and special places of worship is yet another one. And then there is self-denial, fasting, going on pilgrimage, martyrdom, seclusion from society, and becoming monks, celibacy, among many others. But we know that all this is in vain, for Jesus teaches that only the pure in heart 
will see God. For this reason, I think that um, of all those other Beatitudes, and there are eight of them, of all the eight Beatitudes, this particular one is the greatest of them all. For it promises to bring us face to face with God. Let men and women of all religions who see God by man-made methods set up and pay attention. First, it is true that God's desire is to be known by the people he created and to have a relationship with them. Secondly, it is also true that no man can never see God. And no one has ever seen God. The reason being that the sinfulness and the filth that exists in the heart of man. For God is holy and no one who is not holy is capable of entering into God's presence. The prophet Isaiah says that God is able and willing to save and to hear prayers. His hand is not too, sh too short to save. But the sins of the people have separated them from God so that he will not hear. And thirdly, let every man and woman who desire to see God come to Jesus, that they may receive pardon for their sins and that their hearts may be purified by his blood and through the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit who dwells in the hearts of all those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But our Lord says, blessed are the pure in heart. I would like us to look a little closer in greater detail at what the Lord, our, our Jesus say, means by the human heart. The human heart is very important to God. According to scripture, the human heart is the center of our being and our personality. Everything else, good or evil, originates from the heart. The heart includes the mind, the will, the, emo the emotions, and all desires. Secondly, the scripture holds that far from being pure, the human heart is in fact filthy and is the seat of all evil. Prophet Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And our Lord Jesus Christ added, don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? For it doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach and then out of the body. What comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils 
come from inside and make a man unclean. Dear friends, let us not flatter ourselves. And let us not permit any, I mean others, to fool us. Man's innocent, man's innocence was lost at the Garden of Eden. And man's heart is corrupt beyond imagination. No one will ever see God in this condition. And no human effort is able to save man from this condition. Not even a religion. Not education. No good deeds. Not even charity or any other thing. The only way to God is through Jesus Christ, his son, who alone is the way to the Father. His word is final, and his word is, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. But again, what does our Lord mean by pure in heart? I, two, two things at least. One, pure in heart means cleansed. It means holy, without sin or defilement. In the book of Revelation 21 and 27, verse 27, we are told that nothing impure will ever enter into the heavenly Jerusalem, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And in Revelation 22, verse 14, we read, Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have a right to to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Clearly then, purity of heart is an expression of inner purity. It is the quality of those who have been cleansed from moral defilement. This is a popular theme in the Psalms, such as Psalm 24, which we referred to uh, last Sunday, because it was recognized in the Old Testament that, uh, that no one could approach the hill of the Lord or stand in his holy place unless he had clean hands and, pure, and a pure heart. This is what Jesus said to the Pharisees. He said, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of, of extortion and wickedness. Jesus also said that they were like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but inside they are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanliness. So, the first meaning of purity of heart refers to inner moral purity rather than external adherence to rules, laws, regulations, or procedures. Well, in the face of uh, the corona pandemic, I would venture to say that pure hearts are sanitized hearts. Sanitized against sin, the deadly and highly infectious disease 
of the human heart. So pure in heart, meaning number two, um, it relates to our relationships. So purity of heart in our inner being is also relevant and important in all our relationships. In this context, the pure in heart are those who are single-minded, who are free from the tyranny of divided self. Single-mindedness in our relationships with God and people refers to sincerity of heart. In Psalms 24, verse 4, the person who, who has clean hands and a pure heart is one who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. That is to say, in his relationship with God, the pure in heart are utterly sincere. Their entire life, public and private, is transparent before God and men. Their very thoughts and motives are pure. Hypocrisy and deceit are abhorrent to them. Now, later on, we are going to look at a, a deep application of these Beatitudes when we come to the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. And in this particular case, regarding sincerity and transparency, I would like us, when we come to discussing things like marriage and divorce and other relationships, that we remember this. Transparency, you know, uh, no deceit. Sincerity of heart is required of all believers in Christ. And so then, if that is that what purity of heart is about, how can, how can we, how can I and how can you become pure in heart? How can our hearts become pure? We have already seen what Jesus had to say about the obsession of the Pharisees with outward cleanliness and with, or, and with laws and regulations. All this had no spiritual value. And no one will ever see God by observing such. For God looks at the heart, not at what is outside. And so, the truth is that only God can make our hearts pure. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, cried David. Cleanse me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. That was David in Psalms number 51. Father, 
that our Lord Jesus Christ and Father and finally really, the promise of our Lord is that the pure in heart will see God. Let us now focus our attention on what this means for us. The ultimate blessing of this particular beatitude is that the pure in heart will see God. It is written, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. That is Jeremiah 17, 10. And so um, there are two ways at least that are suggested in the Bible uh, with regard to seeing God. First of all, we already have seen God by faith. And we live by faith, not by sight, spiritually speaking. Those who are born again in Christ, I mean, belong to God. And we meet God in our prayers. And we meet God and see him in our worship. So we see God then, well, in part, not in full, only in part, well, after we have been born again in Christ and, uh, uh, and when we are filled with the Spirit of God and we are able to commune with God. Secondly, we shall see God in heaven when the saints will be able to see him as he is. Uh, Paul does allude to this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. Uh, but there's much more in greater detail in uh, the book of uh, Revelation, uh, chapter 21, uh, verses 1 to 5. John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. There it is, my friends. At the end of all things, those who belong to God, all those who are impure in heart will be admitted into the presence of God and he himself will fulfill his desire to finally live among his people, to be their God and they his people. Fine, then we have heard uh, what 
this uh, beatitude means in those simple terms, but what does it mean to us now, in our present time? What does it mean to you and to me? My brothers and my sisters, I trust that um, it is our desire, our believers in Christ and our ambition to see God face to face. If so, let us then constantly review the condition of our hearts. For we have heard from the scriptures what God thinks about our, what Hakir he sees in our, in our hearts. He sees filth, he sees deceit, he sees laziness, he sees unbelief, he sees double-mindedness. But so let us then learn to constantly scrutinize our hearts in the light of scripture and be sure that we have been set free from sin and from all defilement. For only the pure in heart will see God. Salvation for sure is offered free by grace through faith. We have no contribution to make there except to believe and to have faith. But the life of a believer thereafter is one of being actively involved and actively cooperation with the Holy Spirit as he constantly purifies us in order to make us pure and holy as God is holy and pure. We are not to be passive, therefore. James says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. James is writing to Christians, my friends. And Paul is also writing to Christians. And he says, we must put to death the works of our sinful nature. Dear friends, the time is short. We don't have much longer to wait. You and I cannot afford to be found unprepared. So are you, dear friends, eagerly waiting for the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Are you looking forward to that grand reception to the presence of God Almighty, the Creator and our Father in heaven? If so, shouldn't we, shouldn't you and I be ashamed that we spend so much time, we, you know, wasting time on things that are of no eternal value, things of which we will be ashamed on that great and glorious occasion. Our one confidence remains that our blessed Savior, Jesus Christ, is busy working in us to make us ready for that grand occasion. But we, it has to be said and repeated, we have to cooperate. We have to cooperate with him. Otherwise, no progress will be made. 
we have to be pure. In order to go into heaven and see God, we have to be pure as Jesus Christ is pure. Blessed, my friends, are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Amen. We thank you, our dear Heavenly Father, for teaching us the way of purity of heart, the only way in by which we shall be able to enter into your presence and see you face to face. Lord, let me take the opportunity to invite all those who feel burdened with sin to know that they can offload those loads, those encumbrances, and throw them off onto your back. For you say, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Rest for your souls. Father in heaven, I thank you for this wonderful occasion and this message that is truly uh, revolutionizing the way we approach our Christian faith. We are not to be idle, nor be passive, but be actively participating in the work that the Lord Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, is doing in our work. May the name of the Lord be glorified in all these things. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we do pray. Amen.